up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. The only, as far as you know, I know, anyone else knows, daily NFL podcast on the entire planet. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this jam. It's a CBS Sports product. We do daily NFL content throughout the entire year, five days a week. Doesn't matter if it's July or January. We do it. And uh, I'm a little excited. I got a lot of energy today because, frankly, um, I've already recorded an interview with Pete Prisco, my buddy. And it's a good interview because Pete's out with the Broncos. He talked to Joe Flacco. He talked to John Elway. He talked to Vic Fangio. He talked to Von Miller. He's talking to everybody out there. And he's got the good intel that you want to hear about the Denver Broncos. We'll get to that in a second. The other good intel you want to hear. Involves the British Open. Nay, the Open Championship, if you want to be fancy about it. Uh, currently, the Open Championship is underway, and there is no better way on the planet to catch up to it than by subscribing to the First Cut podcast featuring Kyle Porter, Mark Immelman, and Chip Patterson. Now, uh, if you're listening to this, it's Friday, which means it's round two of the Open. Which means they will, they will record a podcast after the second round. That's when the cut is made. It's when you want the podcast recorded. Chip, Kyle, Mark will all break it down. They'll let you know the storylines. Roy McElroy, for lack of a better word, to, to be perfectly pick six appropriate, pooped his pants on, on Thursday at, at home course. Uh, Adam Scott laid, a, laid an egg. Tiger Woods, unfortunately, for the broadcasters, uh, also laid a monster Egg. I mean, that's, they, they bombed. Um, but there are lots of big names at the top. John Rahm looking for his first major. Brooks Kepka lurking like the animal he is. There's a ton of content to break down for the, the open championship. Make sure and go subscribe to the first cut podcast. Um, if you're listening to this, I, w- I was going to give you a, uh, a British open pick in the, uh, in the second round. I don't know if I can do that because. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe you're listening. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give one out. It starts at 1.35 in the morning, Easter time. Anyway, um, I, I would, uh, if you, if you see Jason Day above 25 to 1, I'd grab him. He's playing well. He's lurking. If Brooks Kepka is anything ever above 10 to 1, get him. Get Brooks Kepka above 10 to 1. It probably won't happen, but if you ever see it live, take it. Anyway, also subscribe to the, uh, the First Cup podcast. Kyle Porter, Mark Emmelman, and my man, Chip Patterson. All right. Uh, as, as mentioned, it's a daily NFL podcast, which means we're going to talk about things that revolve around the NFL every single day. I get a little triggered. If you, if you follow me on Twitter, or if you listen to this podcast, you know, I get a little hot and bothered when people are like, like some dude on Twitter was like, why don't you talk about the NFL every day? We, we do. We talk about football every single effing day of the year. This podcast has never missed a day as far as I, as far as I know. Maybe there's like an incidental day, but this podcast goes five days a week and it's NFL content and usually it's very good NFL content. And occasionally we spend the first eight minutes yammering about crap. I'm, I'm four minutes in. I'm watching the timer, but I'm saying like sometimes the super friends, me, Sean, Ryan and John, we will end up talking about nonsense for eight minutes. I mean, like, a time, like, I don't know. What do you want? Like a, a timestamp? 
So you fast forward it past it. The whole point is to, it's like a big community. You guys are our friends. If you listen to this podcast every single day, you might as well be a super friend too. That That's what we should do. No more pick six shirts, super friend shirts. If you listen to this podcast every day, you are a super friend. In the news, before we talk to Pete Briscoe, and again, I cannot stress enough. It's a great interview with Pete Briscoe. If, if you ever, if you ever listen to Pete on this show, like I, I think that, um, and not to kiss Pete's butt, but like Pete, Pete is very underrated when he gets on podcasts and radio and you kind of let him talk. Cause if you listen to him, you can figure out what he's saying without having to hear him say it. And he, and he has tons of nuggets. And sometimes like for fantasy or gambling purposes, he's not necessarily applying them to that. But I think it, like all the things we've been saying about Joe Flacco and the Broncos, I, I tend to, I mean, like he, listen to him. Makes me a little nervous about my, my Chargers bet, my Chargers pick. I think the Broncos might be a playoff team. Like if Pete thinks they're a seven win team, maybe they're a nine win team. We'll see. Um, in the news, speaking of the AFC uh, West, Melvin Gordon, who's holding out from his Chargers contract says, they're all behind me. They all got my back via ESPN.com. Speaking of his teammates, they all told me, you know what? We don't really speak on contracts. But you just go out and do what's best for you and your family. And I'm glad I got the support from them. That is the reality of the NFL. Okay. Like it's not like Hunter Henry and Phillip Rivers and, um, Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp are huddled up complaining that, that Melvin Gordon wants more money. They understand this is a business. Now they look at it and see that they have a window to win a championship. Yeah. Of course they do. And they, they, you know, like, there's not like Philip Rivers is like, go hold out, Melvin. It'll be great. Philip Rivers is not Tom Brady below market, but he's never been above market. He's never been the guy who's made a stink to try and get the most money possible. He, he doesn't do that. He, he desperately, desperately wants to win a Super Bowl. And he knows Melvin Gordon will help him do that. Now, having said that, they all support Melvin Gordon because he should try and get his money. They're going to, as, as we pointed out in this podcast, they're going to franchise tag him twice and let him walk. And if he can't get a job, they won't care. That's how the NFL works. Melvin Gordon should try to hold out to get his money. I cannot stress that enough. Um, elsewhere in the AFC West, which apparently is in the news a lot today, the Ch- uh, Chiefs fan, that uh, little uh, b-hole from uh, the playoff game, who, who shined the laser pointer, laser pointer in Tom Brady's face, he was fined 500 bucks. That's, that's, I, I don't, I don't know whether to be mad or, or just, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Cause like that's twice what it would, if you got pulled over for speeding in a, like a work zone, it's 250 bucks. 500 bucks is twice that. And yet if you're going to show up at a Chiefs game and blast a laser pointer in an eyeball of an NFL quarterback who happens to moonlight as the greatest quarterback in NFL history, well, frankly, I feel like you should get some jail time. If you're going to get caught, you should go to jail. Well, not jail, but like, I don't know, $5,000? I mean, something. hit like Let people know they can't do this. Chiefs, 500 bucks to sneak a laser pointer in? That's not scaring anybody off, right? Right? Also on uh, Tom Brady, he uh, rode his horse. Did you guys hear about this? Did you hear about this? Um, Tom, no, uh, Tom Brady rode his horse down uh, a pathway 
with a uh, machete and made a joke about uh, Old Town Road. And people apparently think that, you know, it's it's worth uh, mentioning. And it got 60,000 likes on Twitter. Reminder, Twitter is stupid. Anyway, um, I think worth noting because we didn't mention it. Um, Grady Jarrett got a contract from the Atlanta Falcons. I, that somehow flew right under our radar. That's on, that's on me. Uh, we recorded with Jason Lock and Four talking about it. We sort of expected it might happen, but didn't see it totally coming. Um, good contract, right? Good for Grady Jarrett to get paid. The Falcons are a total scrubs, stars and scrubs team. If you ever played fantasy baseball and that's where it's most prevalent, stars and scrubs is the way to go, not the way to go, but like a very, uh, very popular form of building a roster. Like the Falcons don't have a ton of depth, but they have an all in roster. If they're healthy this year, they can win the Super Bowl and they, they, they do have the post Brinson pick bump. So they got that going for them. So, you know. Julio Jones, by the way, wants a new contract, might not necessarily get it. That's at least the headline on PFT is like, should the Falcons give it to him? Yes, we talked about this. They should give it to him. Move on. Uh, of course, we can't uh, can't keep doing this uh, freaking podcast without talking about the AFC West one more time. Todd Davis uh, and Pete Briscoe mentioned that he got hurt in, in the upcoming interview. Todd Davis, the linebacker for the for the Broncos, out three to four weeks with a calf tear. That is, I mean, it could be called a strain if you're being nice, but if it's called a tear, that tells me it might be a little bit longer. That's a concern. We talk about the Broncos' defense in terms of their interior linebackers. Uh, and John Elway, who Pete Briscoe talked to, we will talk to Pete about the uh, quarterback situation. Elway says he's happy with the quarterback situation. It's a hard position to fill, Elway said on Wednesday. We tried to shake all the all the trees around here the last four years and the quarterbacks didn't fall out. <laughs> I love that. So it's difficult. We've taken a lot of shots. We've tried a lot of different situations. <laughs> okay. Hopefully with Joe Flacco, we've got it solidified with Drew Locke working under him. It's been a battle, but this league's a battle. It's been a tough situation, especially that position, but I'm excited for that position. Now, first of all, I agree with John Elway. They've, they've tried a lot of different avenues, multiple free agency shots. And I, I say this in, in, again, when I talk to Pete, but like they signed a quarterback in free agency in Peyton Manning and also drafted Brock Osweiler. They did the exact same thing the Seahawks did, but in reverse. And in fact, the same year, I think, right? If, if not, yeah, it was the same year. Um, so, like Brock was a second rounder and Russell was a third rounder. Now Russell was the right pick and Brock was the wrong pick, but Peyton Manning was the right signing and Matt Flynn was the wrong signing. So, I mean, I, I never, I don't usually jump on John Elway, tra- John Elway's train here, but like he did the same thing the Seahawks did, except his free agency signing worked out better and his draft signing didn't work out better. So he got two shots at a Super Bowl. Let's see how did too. I mean, they got like, they got the same shots. They both had two very close calls to, well, well, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl by beating the crap out of the Broncos. Broncos beat the crap out of the Panthers. Seahawks could have had two. Obviously you would rather have the drafted quarterback, but I don't know. Maybe I'm coming around to the idea that John Elway is at least shooting his shots and trying to make it work. We're going to give John Schneider and Pete Carroll credit. 
And we're rip, we ripped John Elway because of Paxton Lynch. I mean, you know, I mean, nothing else worked out, but he did get Peyton Manning in there. And he did, not that Brock Osweiler worked out, but he won a Super Bowl and went to two Super Bowls. It's the same thing. Anyway, I think that's worth discussing. And maybe we'll discuss it with Pete Prisco coming up after this break. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, joining the program now, the man, the myth, the legend, out in Denver with the Broncos, Pete Prisco. Pete, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Yo, boy, the Broncos, uh, mile high. And you know what? It, 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 you know I'm here because normally it's, what, 85, 90 maybe? It was 100 today. What? I bring the heat. You, you, yeah. do, you do bring the heat. That is That is insanely hot for Denver. A hundred, a hundred. You know what? And there's no breeze. Like in South Florida, at least when it's 80, 95, you got the breeze. There's no breeze, so it's stale. It was hot as heck. Was, uh, was John Elway wearing a leather jacket in the middle of this hundred degree heat? I feel like he might do that. No, he would not. <laughs> he was, he might, I mean, the way things have gone out here lately, he might be hiding behind a tree. Ooh. Um, do you, uh, all right, buy or sell, Pete? John Elway is actually comfortable with this quarterback situation. You know what? I, I, I talked to him, and uh, he is comfortable with it. And, and we had a nice talk. I, I really – I like John. I, I think John's a lot – look, he's had some misses, mainly Paxton Lynch, major miss, and then hiring, you know, um, you know Vance Joseph. Those were two big misses, and, and he, he knows that. But, you know, look, John, he tries. He works. He's there. It's not like he just is a figurehead, legendary player – who, you know, got a job and didn't work at it. He's there first thing in the morning and last guy out. Um, so I do think he 
he knows where he is right now. I asked him, I said, do you, are you okay? You think you're feeling the heat from the people here? And he goes, I, I don't feel it. If, if it's there. So, um, look, the quarterback situation is what it is. He got Peyton Manning. Manning won a Super Bowl. The team won a Super Bowl. Manning was, you know, had the great year and then he had a <laughs> average year that year when he was hurt, but he still won the Super Bowl. And then from there, just, you know, the only real major miss is Lynch though, because look, think about it. You know, Osweiler was never any good. Simeon was never any good. But when you use a first-round pick on Lynch and it busts out, that's that's the bad miss right there. Well, so here's the interesting thing about the Osweiler-Peyton Manning. Like, that's what they did is basically the exact same thing as Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn, and they won a Super Bowl. Like, they like. They won the Super Bowl later. You know what I mean? Like they invested a high, a high mid round pick in a quarterback and they went out and spent a free agency on a, on a quarterback that they thought could win them a Super Bowl and they won one and they won it with defense. Like it's not any different than Seattle, but the problem is that John Elway later went out and got Lynch and that didn't work out and Case Keenum was okay. I mean, what, what kind of window should John Elway get for the, for that Super Bowl? I mean, I guess that's the question. Like, should he still be? I mean, he's John freaking Elway. He brought this this franchise three Super Bowls. How 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 right. how big of a window does he get? Well, I mean, I think he gets. Who's firing him? By the way, yeah, that's, you know, who's that's, running the team now? That's a good question. I mean, you know, so so I don't think, and I think he gets a pass this year because you got a new first year coach. So you know, barring a two and fourteen, I think he's back, and I don't think they'll be two and fourteen. You know, it's funny because I asked Flacco this today. I said. You come back here and you're playing for the team, and your biggest moment of your Super Bowl run basically came here. Remember when you hit the 70 yard yeah. shot on the field at Jacoby's own? And he's kind of like, Yeah, and I, I don't really think about it when people bring it up once in a while now and stuff. But, um, so yeah, I, I think, look, I think Flacco will, will help them. He's perfect for the offense. I mean, the offense is, you know, they got Kyle Shanahan's offense, which has been, you know, the birthplace of that was Mike Shanahan in, in Denver. Uh, and they're back to that. And he had success when he played in it for Kubiak. So I, I do think that part of it will work. Um, and, you know, talking to the players, the guys on the record and off the record, he, they, they said he's been fantastic. So, uh, look, anything they get from him is an upgrade from the crap they've had the last couple of years. <laughs> no, that's fair. All right, so Rich Scangarello is their offensive coordinator. Nobody really Scangor- knows. It's Scane. You know what his name is? Scangarello. Scangarello? And- Skane, like, like Skane, like a crane, Skane, Gorello. Okay, okay. And that means that it's been Americanized because that guy in Italian, his name is Scangarello. Come on. <laughs> he's been, and, you know, I, I asked Vic Fangio about him. One thing, and, and this is something interesting about him. Okay, he's a Shanahan guy. Yeah. He learned the offense. He was a quality control coach in Atlanta with – he wasn't there the Super Bowl year, but he was there with Shanahan. And you, you know Two, what he did? In, in 2015, he, yeah. You know what he did in 2016 because he wanted to be a better coach? He went to Wagner College to call plays. Wow. And not you got to give him credit for that because that's not the normal career path. And I asked Fangio about it. He said, you know what? I give him credit for that because he wa- he didn't take the same path that a lot of guys would. Quality control, this, this, learn around. He went to call plays. And then he got back in the league, uh, and now he's an offensive coordinator. And, and in asking around about him, a lot of high praise for him, so keep really? an eye on him. Scangarello. Yep, a lot of high praise. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, we all benefit from the fact that you get to pronounce Scangarello. But, I mean, I, I, like, nobody knows anything about this dude, so it is, it is gonna be a, it's gonna be a, 
bootleg style Shanahan, Shana clan, uh, zone, Kurt, zone, the zone run game. Like they always do, you know, the linemen on the move. Yeah. yeah. All right. So how, exactly what it's going to be. Okay. So we like, you've been on the, you've been working hard. You've been, you've been listening to this podcast, but I've been kind of hyping up the Broncos offense for the last few days or weeks. I think I think they might be good because they add Mike Munchak, who's going to coach up the offensive line. You, you now you got me kind of pumped up about Scangarello. That like the idea that this uh, this offense is going to get Joe Flacco on the like Joe Flacco's not mobile, but when you get Joe Flacco and you roll him out, he's got the be- he's got yeah. one of the best deep arms in the league. Cortland Sutton's a good deep threat. Noah Fant is a, is a first. Hey, that's the concern though. And, and, okay, and, and talking to people here, it's still the concern. Corlin Sutton is going to be a good receiver, and I think Deshaun Hamilton is going to be a good little slot receiver. Yeah. And Sanders, if he's healthy, will be Emmanuel Sanders. The problem is they don't scare anybody down the field. Mm. There's no speed. Okay. And so, you know, that's where Fant comes in. Fant has to be able to back people off a little bit from the tight end position. It's not the same as if a receiver backs them off, but he can run. I mean, he ran 4-5, but he's been timed at fifth pass than that, and, and they really like him. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a problem for him. The other problem is, you mentioned Munchak. Munchak's a great coach. He'll fix the line. He'll cover up the weaknesses. But Garrett Bowles is, I mean, he weighs 290 pounds. He won't, you know, he needs to get to about 320. I don't know why he doesn't. He's had all kinds of problems at left tackle, and that's always a concern. What about what about Reisner, Risner? Is it Reisner or Risner? Risner. Risner. He's going to play left guard. Yeah. He's going to play left guard. Oh, he and eventually, is? he's going to end up, he's going to be the left tackle eventually. Yeah, the ideal. This is going to be their line this year if they can get it healthy and still healthy. The center will be Connor McGovern, who moves over from guard, uh-huh. um, and that's a, you know he's serviceable and he'll fit in this offense because he can move a little bit. Uh, Ron Leary, who's breaking down as the right guard, he's been injured a bunch. Uh, Jawan James will be good at the right tackle spot, um, and then you go to the you know the, on the left side you got Reisner playing left guard, and then you got Balls. Balls the tackle. So with Munchak there, Munchak's made. Bad lines, good. So he yeah. make this line better. I don't know if he can make it good. Okay, so is there any chance this offense could be top half of the league, like above average? No, I, I think they're an average offense, and and that, but that might be good enough to get to the playoffs because I think the defense can still be good. Hmm. All right, we'll get all right. One more question on the offense: Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. If let's say we give them. Uh, what, uh, let's say we give them 500 carries and you can split them up however you want. However you think they'll be split up right now. How many carries, uh, would Lindsay get out of 500? How many would Royce Freeman get out of 500? We got to remember, Freeman got hurt last year and had a high ankle sprain and was never the same. He never responded to it. Mm-hmm. So he's healthy again. And then Lindsay got hurt, but he looked fast today. I'll tell you what, he was running quick today. So I, I split. Maybe a little, you know, split there. Maybe a little more for Lindsey, but it'll be close. All right, so you're saying draft Royce Freeman is what you're saying for fantasy leagues. Broncos loved him last year. They thought he was going to be the guy. I remember standing on that practice field last year, and everybody was, you know, pumping him up, and Elway was pumping him up, and it didn't work out that way. Um, but, I, you know, they say he's healthy now, and he's going to be a big part of their offense. All right. I, I kind of I, I like Freeman. I feel like he's a – if he, if he can improve in the pass catching stuff and they can, I mean, I feel like this offense, if you can run the ball effectively and block up front and let Joe Flacco take some shots to a tight end and Sutton down the field, then it can at least be effective. But, but as you pointed out, they're going to win on the defensive side of the ball. What does Vic Fangio bring 
to this team from a defensive standpoint that improves what they did from last year? They're going to be much more aggressive with different looks and, and different people coming. Um, you know, I talked to Chris Harris about that. And, you know, at times, he's going to come from the slot. I mean, they're, they're, it, when he's in the slot, he's going to blitz him if he plays there. Because he might, he might not play there. But um, the aggression is going to be outstanding. And I, I look, they have, by the end of this year, they will have the best dual pass rushing combo in the league, mm. my estimation. Yeah, I think Von Miller and Bradley Chubb will surpass both in Ingram and whoever else that you want to throw up there. Because I think they're they're both going to be, you know, Miller, arguably the best edge rusher in the league right now, and I think he is. And Chubb, to me, is moving in that direction. So um, I think they're both going to be outstanding pass rushers, particularly in this scheme. Well, and the other thing about those two guys, and now I, you know, you know me. I'm a slight, slightly in favor of Bradley Chubb. I like, I like, I like what uh, Astro Chubb brings to the table. But both those guys are really good against the run too. Yeah, and Chubb will play the um, the Khalil Mack kind of role, and, and, and Miller will be free more to rush. It's gonna, it'll be real interesting to see how that plays out. I, I like their defense. You know, Derek Wolf's still solid. Gostas is still solid. I, I think the Jones kid they drafted out uh, of Ohio State is going to be in the rotation and play. You get to the linebackers, and, and he likes to play the nickel a lot, so he'll, he'll have their starting linebackers. Todd Davis got dinged to practice today. He's got a cap, but he's going to be on the field a lot. Josie Jewell has gotten a lot better, they say, in coverage, mm. which is he needed to do. So those two will be on the field. And then in the back end, I mean, Harris is, wants to travel, and they might allow him travel. At the end of the last year, he traveled a bunch with the best receiver. Well, he adding, wants but to like, do it. But, like, adding Bryce Callahan screams – we're going to let Chris Harris travel and take the best wideout, right? Right. And and Callahan doesn't play outside. From what I understand, the way they're going to play it is they might have Callahan as the slot guy, Chris Harris travel, and then they might play um, Kareem Jackson at safety. They got a lot of versatility back there. Um, and then, you know, then Simmons is a good player. Will Parks is a backup safety who played, you know, played some time. Uh, and then they like the, the the long corner from Boston College. He, he's taken some snaps with the first teams as well, the second year player. So uh, they have guys back there, and and I think defensively they can be really good, particularly with Fangio calling the defense. Okay, so what is the gap? Well, he won't call the defense because Ed Donatel will probably call the defense, but they're they're oh, really? hand in hand. Okay, uh, all right. So like, what was your you you sat down with Vic Fangio too? What what is your impression of him? Is he is he in this Mike Zimmer mold? Because, like, I, I give you all the credit in the world. You you said Mike Zimmer is going to be a very good head coach, and, and people passed him up for years and years. He finally got a chance. He was a good head coach. It, it feels like Vic Fangio might be a similar kind of mold, a an old-school defensive mind, finally out of his defensive coordinator realm, can be a head coach. Do, do you buy or sell that? You know, I, I, I told him early before I even sat down to talk with him, we chatted in the morning, you know, and I talked to him in the afternoon. I told him, I've been around this league for 30 years, and so has he, and we've never really got to know each other across paths that much. Oh, really? I had guys I worked with in the past that did know him, and so I kind of had, you know, one of those deals where, okay, you know him, and I, you know, so I don't have to really go work him. But, but I, I, yeah, and, and so what is he? He's kind of um, straight to the point like I am. Which I like. I ask a question. No, I ask a question. He answers it. I ask a question. He answers it. You know, it's, I I like that. It's not like 
you know, a long-winded question. He just gets to the point and he answers it. And, and you got to give him credit. He called, I mean, basically, he told Vaughn Miller, you need to improve. And I said, I told him, I said, you know, Vic, there aren't a lot of first-year coaches that would step into that, say that. And he said, well, that's how I feel. And, and he does need to improve. We all need to improve, he said, but that's why I said it. And so I give him credit for that. One thing that you did here, and I've heard, uh, is that it got a little loose in Denver last year. Mm. And that's never a good thing. You know, some guys were, you know, maybe at this meetings or whatever, and, and they might not have gotten fined for it. You know how that is. Guys get mad about that. So it got a little loose. And one thing that Fangio has done is tightened it up already. Interesting. That I mean, that feels like it would immediately help everything with the call. Because, like, all right, do you think that he's going to be willing to be more aggressive? Because I feel like Vance Joseph would have won eight or nine games last year if he'd just been – quasi-aggressive in certain situations, like that Browns game last year where he kicks the field goal. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it just felt like he didn't, he was in over his head. Do you think, do you think that, do you think that Vic Fangio is in over his head? No, I do not. Okay. I mean, this is, I asked him today, I said, you waited, you know, you 60. I mean, it's a long time to yeah. wait to become a head coach. And he's like, you know, look, I, did I want it to happen? Of course I wanted it to happen. Did I think it would happen? No, at times I did, but you know he he's had. He said I'm thrilled to be here. This is a I mean that's obvious, but he said I'm thrilled to be here. It's a great place to be. It's a great opportunity. I I think he'll do a good job. I I don't know how good they'll be this year. I mean eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe in that division. I mean that's a tough division. I mean you got the the Chargers, you got the the Chiefs. I mean it's a brutal division. Well, that that was my next question. What is the how big is the gap? Um, like you know. Like, how big is the gap from the Chiefs and the Chargers, who I think are pretty close together at the top, to the Broncos and then maybe the Raiders? Like, like, how do you, what, what do you see in terms of the the hierarchy of that division? Well, you know, I got asked by one of the radio guys here. They, they interviewed me. And they said, uh, "What do the Broncos need to do to win the division?" I said, "Well, Flacco needs to go back to being the 2012 Flacco. <laughs> the offensive line needs to get fixed by Mike Munchak. Uh Suddenly, somebody outside needs to emerge as a hundred catch guy." Uh, Miller needs to have 20 sacks. Chubb needs to have 19. And the corners <laughs> need to play well. So if that happens, they can win a division. <laughs> if, they get, if they get 39 sacks from Chubb and, Chubb and Miller and, uh, and Patrick Mahomes is kidnapped a la Ace Ventura style, then yeah, they can win the division, right? Uh, you know, if they got those kind of numbers from those two guys and, and Flacco playing good football, they could push for the division title. But that, that's a big if. Yeah, I, I, mean, it, it, I mean, it does feel like they're a team – I mean, in in a different division, like if they were in the AFC South, would they be the favorites to win the AFC South? No, because they're not better than those teams either. They're right. They might be right with them, but they're not better than them. They're like right there with the Titans and and Texans, though, right? I mean, maybe not the Colts. They're not better than the Jaguars. They're not. No, they're very similar to the Jaguars. The, gr- the quarterbacks are similar, probably. The offensive line, Jacksonville, there would be an offensive line similar, receiver in a question mark, the running game, the running backs better. But Jacksonville's defense is better as a whole, I think. Okay. I mean, I like they would be the second or third best team, maybe in the AFC North. And then with, or, or, where would they be in the AFC East? Second best team? Are, are they better than the Bills? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, right now they are. Okay. I mean, you like the Bills this year. I don't know. They might be better than the Bills. I like the Bills next year a lot, but not this year. I think this year they'll, they'll win seven or eight, but six, seven or eight. I don't, next year they're going to be good though. All right. Where's your, where's your next stop in training camp? Cause you're out 
You're not going to see your wife for six months. Where are you, where are you heading next? No, I go actually go home for a day because this is the first team that opened. So there's a lull, and then I get the second team that opens on Monday. I get the Falcons. I'm leaving on Sunday. So Ooh. I'll fly home tomorrow and get to the Falcons on Monday and Tuesday. And then I got Jacksonville on Thursday. They open on Thursday. And Thursday. And then I got Tampa. I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going to Green Bay to see the Packers and Texans work out together. Then I'm going to Kyler Murray's first game in Arizona. And then I got, um, I'm going to see the Eagles in Jacksonville when they play there. I'm going to see Buffalo in Carolina in, in Carolina. And then I'm going to get Cowboys and then I'm going to the Saints. And then I got the Browns and Bucks. We're, we're, we're like, we're only like, you don't realize we're like, uh, like 21 days away from, I mean, from preseason football being in full swing. Like it's a football is almost here. It's kind of crazy. It, 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 no, it is here. Once I go to my first camp, it's here. Okay. All right. Well, football is officially here. Um, just as a quick teaser for the Falcons and the Vikings, cause they're playing in, I think the second week. No, they're playing in the, is it first week of the season? I wrote about this today. I think they're. They're playing early in the year. Is there? Could you imagine a scenario where the Falcons and Vikings are playing each other in the NFC Championship game? Absolutely, it's possible. Ooh, absolutely, it's possible. Um, look, I think the Falcons have made big improvements. Big improvements. A, getting guys back healthy, who's the number one? Uh, but getting the offensive line fixed and using draft picks and free agency money to protect Matt Ryan. And, and you know me, I think that Dirk Cutter would be great for him. I'm a little concerned about the running back situation, you know, with Freeman, you know, with that, all yeah, that stuff he's sure. gone through. And the, the corners, you know, they're going to have to have the Oliver kid play big, the kid out of uh, Colorado. But, yeah, I think the Falcons can get there. And, look, Kirk Cousins needs to play well in big games. He plays well in big games. And Dalvin Cook can run the ball. They can get there. <laughs> Kirk Cousins just has to win some big games. Uh, all right, Pete Prisco, uh, safe travels, buddy. You, uh, you, I'm glad you, I'm glad you get some, you some well-deserved time off. If you don't watch CBS Sports HQ, and you should, it's our 24-7 streaming sports network. As I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, Pete Briscoe has been on there 17 times from Denver. He's a non-stop grinder and, uh, appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Bye. Take care.